Welcome to episode 105 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I so appreciate you joining me today. Whether this is your first or your 105th episode, I hope you hear something that will make you smile, spark an insight, improve your business, or maybe even change your life. I want to start out this episode by thanking you. You are why I produce this podcast. That might seem like it goes without saying, but I want you to know that I never take you for granted. I remember years ago learning that if people are given a choice between being granted more time or more money, they almost always choose more time. Because money is a renewable resource. I give a dollar to someone and I'll get that dollar back somewhere down the way. But time, time is not renewable. If you give an hour to someone, that hour will never happen again. You'll never get it back. So where you spend your time is a direct reflection of your values and your priorities. It's an indicator of what's important to you. As a listener of this podcast, I'm guessing about some of your values. I'm guessing that you value living in alignment with your introvert energy. You want to experience being an introvert as positive and empowering. You want to build a successful business or strengthen your leadership skills in a way that feels true to you. And you love to learn and listen to the stories of others who have created success on their own terms. There are lots of ways that you could choose to spend the next 35 minutes or so, so I'm incredibly grateful that you chose to spend them with me today and each week. And not only are you hanging out with me for the next 35 minutes, you're hanging out with my guest, who in this episode is Sir John Hargrave. You might remember I spoke with John back in June of 2015, and we focused on some of the concepts in his new book, Mind Hacking. This time, our chat takes those concepts and applies them to a very real, and one could say very risky, situation. John decided to walk his talk in a big way by using his mind-hacking techniques to go 21 days without food. That's right, you heard me, 21 days. And what he shares with us goes beyond the role of self-talk in such a radical experiment. It applies to how we approach everyday challenges and relationships, whether that's personal or in our businesses. John Hargrave is the CEO of Media Shower, the world's premier content marketing company. His new book, Mind Hacking, is about how to reprogram your mind and change your life. It is now available from Simon & Schuster's Gallery Books or at mindhack, now I'm going to have to spell this, (laughs) mindhacky.ng, so M-I-N-D-H-A-C-K-I dot N-G. Hi, John. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I am really pleased to be talking with you on the other side of your 21 days without food experiment. Thanks, Beth. And let me tell you how good it is to be eating again. Oh, I bet. Food tastes so good. You have no idea. (laughs) Food is awesome, huh? It's like one of those things we just take for granted, you know, so we sure I, do. I'm sure we're going to be hearing a little bit more about that as we go on. But I want to start out by besides food. Um, what's making you smile today? Uh, besides food? Oh, yes, <laughs> there are other things. Well, I'm just so excited about this book, Mind Hacking. We've just gotten such great response. It came out in January. We have a perfect five star rating on Amazon right now, which is great. And I've just been getting so many great comments from our readers at how it's changing their lives. Great. 
congratulations on that. Thanks. That is no small feat. <laughs> so yeah, and we, we talked last summer a little bit about mind hacking. And um, for those who haven't heard that interview, and I will include a link in the episode show notes, I want to share two quick things as a refresher. And the first one is to remind us, where do you consider yourself to fall on the introvert extrovert spectrum? And how has that influenced you? Yeah, I love your podcast because it is so focused on on this this niche of of introvert entrepreneurs. And I was talking with my wife the other day about this, and she said, uh, "You're you're an introvert. You're an oh. introvert." And um, I told you last time that when I took the Myers Briggs test many years ago, I was like right in the middle, mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> uh, between the two. Um, and I I certainly can be extroverted when I need to, but. I do spend most of the day myself, and if we define an introvert as, you know, where you get your energy, do you Mm -hmm. get it, you know, talking with other people or by yourself? I definitely get my energy by myself. It is more tiring for me to spend time with other people. Um, That's where I spend energy. That's why I love your podcast and feel an affinity with your audience. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. And as you're talking there, all of a sudden, I'm thinking about food and... (laughs) (laughs) And being an introvert and how social food is. Yeah. And I'm wondering, and I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself, but I'd have to ask, was that anything that you noticed during those 21 days? Was that social aspect of food and how it played into everything? Absolutely. Food is such a social experience. So many of our rituals are around food. You become so aware of that. But I'll tell you something else interesting while I was going through this was that I found that the act of cooking somehow was very nourishing for me. So I'm I'm the cook in our family and I would cook dinner for my family every night. And most people Mm -hmm. think I was crazy for doing this. But there was something about the smell and about like knowing that it was nourishing other people that was nourishing to me. Plus... I was like cooking on raw instinct, right? Because I couldn't taste it. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, all these co- these flavor combinations were like sun-dried tomatoes and campers. That would be delicious. So I was making these amazing meals, um, but it made me realize, yeah, it is a way that we, we bond together as humans. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's an easy way for introverts to be social is over yeah. a meal and, and with food and with cooking. It's just something that takes center stage in many cases and, and kind of makes it easier to just relax and be with other people and often people that we love. That's right. So so refresh our memory on one other point, And that goes to the title of your book, Mind Hacking. What exactly is mind hacking? Yeah, well, the idea is that your mind can be reprogrammed like a computer. Uh, We use hacking in the original computer sense of the word, which was uh, a good thing. A hack was like a clever shortcut or a technique or a trick. And so mind hacks are basically techniques or tricks that we can use to reprogram our own thinking for the better. So as entrepreneurs, I'm an entrepreneur and I've used mind hacking extensively to help me achieve... uh, goals for my business and to picture those goals and to inspire our our company and, and the team and our customers that we work with for the kinds of things that, that we're all capable of doing together. So it's about making your thinking better to make your life better. And what would you consider to be your most effective and or favorite entrepreneur mind hack? <laughs> Well, there's <laughs> there's so many, I know. There's <laughs> so many in the book. Um, I think that we talk uh, a lot in the book about uh, simulation and uh, 
so the idea, you know, you read a lot of pop psychology about visualization and visualizing mm-hmm. your goals. But there's a lot of research that shows that simulating actually will get you there faster than visualizing. So in other words, with simulation, you picture not just the end result, but you picture how you're going to get there. And you kind of step yourself through the process that you're going to need to take in order to get to that final goal. So for example, as we're promoting this book, our goal is to sell 100,000 copies of Mind Hacking. So you know, that's the goal. And, you know, I could spend time every day visualizing that. But again, the research shows a lot of times visualizing makes you lazy and not actually do the work that's required. Mm-hmm. But if instead I think through, well, how are we going to get there? What kind of promotion channels are we going to use? Like how, you know, what kind of podcasts am I going to be on and so forth? Then you start to form a plan. So this idea of simulating every day in your head, how you're going to get to that goal and also how you're going to overcome problems because problems are going to arise and seeing yourself successfully getting over those um, has been shown to be much more powerful mind hack than just visualization alone. You're reminding me of a tip I remember picking up in uh, Dale Carnegie course, where he talks about how to stop worrying and start living. And he says, you know, visualize or imagine the worst that can happen. Yeah. Now say it's happened. What are you going to do? <laughs> and yeah, yeah. and so there's something I appreciate about that and what you're saying because it's reminding us you're not just visualizing or simulating something being perfect or the ideal, but you're reminding right. yourself that there are going to be obstacles and that you can almost mentally rehearse how would I get through those inevitable obstacles. Yes. Yeah, you get it. Most people I describe this to just think I'm talking about visualization, but it's not. It really mm-hmm. is like rehearsal for problem solving in your mind. And then what happens is, if you do this every day faithfully, you find that when you run into problems in real life, which you will, things won't go exactly as planned, then you feel much more confident about your ability to handle them because you've already been rehearsing all these different scenarios. And the the way I do it, I do it in the shower every day. And Mm -hmm. sorry for that mental image. That's okay. But... um, (laughs) Basically, I think through different problems that could occur and Mm -hmm. see yourself like how would you successfully overcome those problems. And so when they arise, you feel confident and you have kind of a game plan for how you're going to get around them. Well, let's shift gears because I imagine this is going to come up again as we're talking about your 21 days. (laughs) Because as I thought about chatting with you, I wondered what I could go 21 days without. Or, you know, (laughs) I suppose you could also look at it as, you know, a big habit that you would change. But of course, my mind went to deprivation. And, uh, you know, the first thing that sprung into mind was Facebook or my iPhone. And I thought, no way. So how could I possibly do food? (laughs) So what made you choose this particular mind hacking experiment? My object was to show that ordinary people can do extraordinary things using the power of the mind. And when I told most people that I was thinking of of going 21 days without food, most people thought I was crazy. They -hmm. think it is impossible. And most people, a lot of people think if you skip a meal, you're going to just collapse (laughs) from hunger. So uh, 21 days for most people seems truly impossible. And What I found was it really was largely a mental exercise. It really was all in the mind. It's all about mind hacking. And the best analogy I can give you is I trained for a marathon um, some years ago. And when I was training, I realized that like 80 or 85% of marathon training is mental. 
It really is. It's about convincing yourself that you can run this long, grueling distance and finding ways to keep your mind busy while you're running. And it was the same thing here was so much of it was just about training your mind to believe that you could actually make it through this thing. And that applies to all of us, no matter what we're trying to do, whether we're trying to give something up or start a new habit. You can do it if you tell yourself you can do it. Yeah, when I hear that 21 days, I, I, I googled it, because I'm like, how long can you go without food, which I'm sure a lot of your friends probably did, and you probably did. <laughs> and, and it's funny, because our first reaction, it, you're right, is you can't do that. And that's also a totally mental response, because probably no one you talk to has any experience with going 21 days without food. So how right. do they know? Right. And, and there, so there was this strange effect where, like, most people were convinced I was going to die or mm -hmm. injure myself in some way. And so that was the comment I got most was don't die. Right. And that's <laughs> a scary thought, right? Like, that's yeah. like, I, I could die. And if I had allowed that thought to kind of take hold, I never would have done it. But instead, like you, I did the research, I found I'm not going to die. And my mm -hmm. mental loop that I used was I'm going to get stronger. This is actually going to make me stronger. And so whenever that thought of fear or doubt or uncertainty would come in, I would be like, I'm getting stronger. And that was one of the many, many kind of mind hacks or mental loops that I used to make it through. Well, what did you do specifically before the 21 days started to prepare yourself? And I, and I was going to joke and say, besides get all of your affairs in order. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sign my will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make sure it's all up to date, the right people are there. But, but, you know, what did you do before that so that you did have that mental fortitude? Uh, it's a great question. Nobody's asked that. Um, well, m physically, you, you do have to prepare for it. And you don't gorge yourself and everything. You really have to <laughs> have a, a controlled, moderate diet going into it, Yeah, which I did. But mentally, again, it was about getting support. So it was about like telling my family and friends, here's what I'm doing. And I would really appreciate your support. And that was a big, big help. It was about reading so educating myself, you know, reading stories of people who had done it. One of my big inspirations was reading the, the story, the autobiography of Gandhi. And mm -hmm. that's what gave me the idea was Gandhi was an old man. He was in his 70s. He had achieved independence of India, <laughs> which was his lifelong goal. And mm -hmm. now India was threatened by civil war. And Gandhi, his response to that was to fast for 21 days. And basically, because he was so revered and so beloved at this point, the press reported on every day of his fast, it was like a death watch. And yeah. basically, the, you know, the, the kind of implicit message was, if you guys don't get it together, you're going to kill Gandhi. So mm. figure out a peaceful mm -hmm. solution. And I thought, how ingenious, like what a clever technique that he used, which was really to do nothing, literally not even to eat. And yet he was successful. He did achieve not only India's independence, but also lasting peace. And he was in his 70s. Yeah, if he can so do it. <laughs> reading that kind of thing was very inspirational for me. And, and I girded myself with that kind of inspiration throughout the, the experiment. As you read about Gandhi, was there anything in particular in that information that you would call a mind hack that he used? Um, well, I think just <laughs> the way he got through it as well was, you know, he was very, he was devoutly religious. So he would mm -hmm. have his, you know, ceremonies and prayers every morning. And he had his followers who would do those with him. 
And there was something when he broke his fast, there was this scene they reported in the paper. I have it linked in, in my blog post where he had a glass of orange juice, which was watered down. This is how he broke his fast. Mm -hmm. And he just sipped it slowly in silence over a period of 20 minutes. And everyone else there was served orange juice, too. And they all just sipped it slowly in silence for 20 minutes. Wow. And there was something about that that was so powerful to me that, like, that was how the great Gandhi broke it. And it was this, again, doing nothing, just his presence of going through that. And everyone felt honored to, to be with him. So those are some of the many kinds of, of hacks that, that Gandhi used. How did you break your fast? I took a glass of orange juice and I <laughs> sipped it slowly for 20 Excellent. minutes. You didn't run to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, exactly. So very good. Well, you know, you've written a few posts about this and you mentioned FUDs, the FUDs, yeah. the fears, uncertainties and doubts. Um, what was your biggest FUD before you started and how did you move through it? And this is a two-part question here. So beforehand, what was the biggest FUD? And then while it was going on, you know, during those 21 days, what was the biggest FUD and how did you move through it? Yeah. Well, beforehand, no doubt it was that I would not have energy to do my job effectively. So I run this big uh, content marketing company, Media Shower, and I was very concerned that I would just be out of commission and I wouldn't yeah. be able to do my job. So that was my biggest fear. And uh, again, I talked with somebody who had done a 21 day fast earlier in her life. And she said, you know, in some ways I had more energy. And I took that and I grabbed that and I used that as a mind hack. So mm -hmm. I would tell myself every morning, I have more energy today. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, Beth, here's the crazy thing that in many ways I really did have more energy because your mind goes into like a low power mode. It's the only way I can describe it. Mm -hmm. It's like your mind says, we're not going to waste any energy on anything that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to spend any time in like worry or anxiety or self-doubt or all those things. And I became so aware of how much energy we put into those mental fears every day they were gone so on like a decision making level i was crystal clear and i felt like i knew what the answer was and i just made decisions and there was no second guessing of myself so that fear turned out to be false fear is false, false. emotions <laughs> appearing real exactly <laughs> and it was i think a lot of that was because i used that mind hack and I learned something in the process. You see, I did grow strong. You that did. Was... So during it, what did you experience? Uh, so during it, I would say that the physical symptoms were difficult to manage. I wouldn't say I was afraid of them. Mm -hmm. But the low point certainly was on day 20 of the mm. fast where I fainted. So mm. I woke up in the middle of the night and the danger is your blood pressure lowers to such a degree that when you stand up, especially if you're laying down, you get, you know, that head rush sort mm -hmm. of feeling. Yeah. You get a head rush. So you have to do it very slowly and you have to be careful. So I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I stood up too fast. And next thing I know, I had lost consciousness and I hit my head on the floor. Ooh. And my wife came running in and she was, you know understandably quite concerned <laughs> rather alarmed <laughs> yeah and it was a really scary moment 
And there were things like being constantly cold because you have no body fat left. So I was, and I live in New England, so I'm perpetually Mm. shivering and freezing and just gnawing hunger. So dealing just with the physical symptoms of it were, were definitely difficult. But again, the increased mental freedom and teaching that I got, learning out of that, more than made up for the physical discomfort. Well, the idea of mental clarity and energy, especially for introverts, you know, I I talk about introversion being so much about energy, as you, you know, reiterated in the beginning, that having more energy would be just such a wonderful thing. And, and I'm not ready to go 21 days without food. So... (laughs) So give us a few, and I, I consider what you did um, kind of extreme mind hacking. I don't yeah. know if you do, but I, I think of it that way. Oh, for sure. Okay, so good. <laughs> um, so what are maybe a few extreme mind hacking ideas that an introvert might try for his or her business? You know, and I'm thinking of even goals that are as simple as doing more networking or public speaking or, you know, anything that's maybe a stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, I think... First of all, just in in terms of this, how do I get more energy? Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest thing that you can do, and it's not extreme at all, is you can practice some kind of concentration or mindfulness training every day. So I do this in the morning for 20 minutes. And as we outline in the Mind Hacking book, the simplest way is just to find a quiet place, get your body in a comfortable position, relax your body for a few minutes, and then just spend 20 minutes focusing on your breath And whenever your mind wanders, you award yourself a point. You give yourself like a little, you kind of gamify it, give yourself Mm -hmm. an awareness point, and you write down your score at the end of the day. Perfect for introverts. Yes. Totally introverted. That's all you're doing is sitting by yourself. But what you're doing is you're becoming aware of your mind, and you're training yourself to notice when your mind wanders. And that's the hardest thing for us is because we get lost in the mind. Mm -hmm. We follow the mind on these trains of thought. We follow the mind as it's like wasting energy with these crazy thoughts. When you train yourself using these these exercises every day, you start to become aware of it. And then you can start to sort of release yourself from those like energy draining loops (laughs) that are going on in your head. So that's probably the biggest takeaway that I can give introverts for like how you can achieve the same thing without having to actually go 21 days without food. Yeah, yeah. And what I appreciate about that is it's it's circling back to your point around how much energy we waste on, you know, mindlessness when mindfulness and that kind of focus and not wasting the energy on things that don't matter can really free things up. That's so right. We can do the networking. We can do the public speaking. We can do the sales. Yay, introverts. So, <laughs> um, well, and, and, and so when we're nervous to do those things, it's mm-hmm. again because we've got this negative thought loop going around that says, I'm no good at doing that because I'm yeah. an introvert. And so I don't have the skills to network or to go to that party or to reach out to other people. But when we start practicing these very simple mindfulness or concentration training techniques, we can start to then say, listen, I'm in control of my mind. I can literally choose what to think. So every day, instead of saying I'm an introvert and incapable of doing this, (laughs) I can say, yes, I'm an introvert that is also really good at doing these things. And they do exist. Introverts who are really good at talking to people do exist. You can be that person. And that's how you start to train your mind to believe it. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a skill. I mean, you know, see, it's it's not necessarily a, an inborn thing. It's something that you can develop and start to enjoy. And, uh, you know, I just want to offer real quick this idea of uh, applying that idea of simulation as well. Like I'm thinking about going to a networking event. Yeah. And so I can imagine myself, you know, getting in my car, you know, what I'm wearing, driving to the event, walking yeah. in the door and not knowing a soul. And I, I can simulate a little bit even feeling that panic. And I can decide what am I going to do in that moment? And in my mind, I can decide, okay, I'm going to turn around and leave. Yeah. Or I'm going to walk up to the first person I see, or I'm going to try to find a group, or I'm just going to go get something to drink. It seems like by playing out all of those scenarios, I remind myself, like you said, that I'm in control and I have a choice. So even yes. if I walk out, that's okay. It's yes. Because it's intentional. That's right. That's right. And I'll share just one more hack that I learned um, in this experiment, which was to also be sure that you're echoing back to other people the reality that you want to actually be real. So in other words, mm -hmm. uh, people would ask me frequently, how you feeling? How you feeling? <laughs> well, as I said, a lot of the time I was not feeling so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would without fail always say, I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm feeling good. And I found that when I said that, there was this weird echo effect. If I said to somebody, and the natural answer would be, I'm starving. Mm -hmm. But if I said that to somebody, they would then say, oh, he's feeling starving. He's, he's like really hungry. I feel badly. For it would yeah. show in their face and it would echo yeah. back to me. I would see it in their face. So I would get almost like an immediate mirror image of what I put out there reinforced back to me. But if I said I'm feeling good, I could see it in their eyes that it was like, wow, he's actually feeling good. And mm -hmm. they would light up a little bit. They would feel a little more positive and it would come back to me. And as a result, I really did feel good. And so there is a strange self-fulfilling prophecy to this when you go to a networking event and you talk to somebody and they say, what do you do? And you say, with confidence, I run this business. I'm a successful entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It bounces back to you immediately and you get this self-reinforcing feedback. So it's, it's a really cool hack. Yeah, awesome advice. Thank you. Well, I want to wrap up. Um, I don't know if after this three weeks, you're ready for a three week vacation. But uh, <laughs> you've been granted a three week vacation on Introvert Island, and you can only take three books with you. And initially, I was going to say, and I'm guessing no cookbooks, but it sounds like that's not off limits at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be, I just spend the whole time salivating. I mean, I don't know. But if you only could take three books, what would you take with you and why? Yeah. Did I answer this question last time you I did. was on your podcast? You so did. I, I need three new books, right? You could do three new books. Yeah. Three new books that I've read recently. Well, let me tell you three books that I read on my 21 day experiment <laughs> oh, that were helpful to me. One of them is called the Eat to Live Cookbook. <laughs> By Dr. Joel Furman. And this is the guy who wrote the book on fasting. Mm -hmm. And then he created this great uh, diet, which is called a nutritarian diet. It's all about like what foods pack the maximum nutritional punch. So in other words, how can we perfectly optimize our eating for maximum nutrients per calorie? Yeah. And that's called Eat to Live, his diet. And this cookbook has been really helpful as I came back into it. I also uh, read another of his books called Fasting and Eating for Health, which is about his own experience. He went on a 42-day fast. He was wow. an Olympic champion skater and broke his leg or his ankle. And instead of going through treatment, decided to go on this fast and was completely healed and made the Olympic team and then became a medical doctor. 
and uh, this tells all about his fasting experience. And then the third would be the autobiography of the great Mahatma Gandhi, yes, which was so inspiring, and I really recommend uh, everybody read it. It's called My Experiments with Truth. Mm. My Experiments with Truth. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what's the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about you, and particularly your book, Mind Hacking? Well, you can uh, buy the book now uh, on Amazon or in uh, bookstores everywhere, or you can also check out uh, www.mindhacky.ng. That's mindhacking with a .ng where you can download the app. We now also have a 21-day guided series of concentration exercises like I've been talking about for free at mindhacky.ng. So check it out. Perfect for introverted entrepreneurs. (laughs) Awesome. And I'll make sure that we've got links to that in the show notes. So thank you so much, John. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. I am so thrilled for you that you lived And um, (laughs) I would have been really disappointed if we hadn't gotten to have this conversation. Yeah, both of us. Yeah, so thank you so much. Thanks, Beth. When I first started coaching, I did a little trial and error when it came to my focus and my niche. The message that stuck around longest before I landed on the introvert entrepreneur in 2010 was called intentional talk. And that was my way of saying empowering language. It was all about noticing our brain chatter, as well as being aware and intentional about the words we choose to express ourselves. If you're interested in raising your own awareness of the small talk and disempowering language that you might be using, I've got a resource for you in the show notes for this episode. It's a PDF copy of a workbook that I created back in 2009 for a webinar I presented called Mind Over Chatter. In addition to outlining some of the main types of fear-based self-talk that we often engage in, I provide space for you to do your own reflection, exercises for noticing and turning around negative self-talk, and additional resources to learn more. I do want to warn you, though, this blast from the past is being uploaded as is, so the contact and business information in the PDF is accurate as of 2009, not 2016. And I have to admit, graphically, it also looks, well, very 2009. But the content is timeless, and it feels fitting to dust it off and offer it to you as a way of continuing the conversation we've started with John here in this episode. In addition to that link and other resources that you'll find in the show notes, you'll also discover information about the services that I offer, including entrepreneur coaching, speaking, and strategy sessions for introvert entrepreneurs. You can schedule a time to chat with me through my online calendar, or you can complete and send me a contact form. Either way, it would be great to hear from you. And please join us for episode 106 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast, when I'll be talking with Janine Morrison, one of my absolute favorite coloring book designers. She's going to tell us about her journey as an artist and an introvert entrepreneur. You can take a look at her art at janinemorrison.net, and of course, I'll include a link to that in the show notes. A very special thank you to my podcast producer, Paul Messing. If you enjoy this show, I invite you to take a few moments to share your thoughts in an iTunes review. Reviews are a quick and easy way to support this podcast and help others find it. And of course, please share this episode with your colleagues that you think would find it useful. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur, and until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. Thank you.